This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. It's the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing great today. Be sure to check out our website, unpackingit.com. While you're there, Be sure to sign up and subscribe to our weekday email devotional. It goes out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we take a current sports story related to the Bible, related to our own lives. It'll hopefully add a lot of encouragement uh, to your day, and so we encourage you to check that out, unpackingit.com. Today on the show, we are joined by Greg Coleman. He is a former NFL punter, and he's actually the he holds the distinction of being the first African American punter in the NFL. And I asked him about kind of why there aren't more black punters, and and also just kind of asked him even about you know Christian McCaffrey is one of the few white running backs, and so we kind of get into that uh, a little bit. But that is just it's just an interesting. Topic. Uh, he goes a couple different directions with that topic, but um, but we get into his faith journey. He also has spent uh, two decades as the Minnesota Vikings sideline analyst, and he just recently retired. And so he talks about that experience. And he did something very unique for the radio broadcasts, and and so. He'll talk about that as well. But uh, a very likable, upbeat, energetic guy. A uh, very interesting guy. And so I think you'll enjoy this conversation. He, he is an ins- inspirational speaker. And he'll, he'll bring up this topic of flipping the field. And, and so stick around at the end of the conversation. I'll share some of my thoughts on that as well. But he played, uh, he was drafted by the Bengals, played a little bit with the Browns, uh, a little bit with Washington, but mainly uh, he played 10 years for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, He was named the NFL Man of the Year for the Vikings in 1985, also selected by the fans to be a member of the Minnesota Vikings 25th and 40th anniversary teams. So before we jump in with Greg Coleman, uh, his website, gregcoleman8.com, uh, I do want to thank our presenting sponsor, MetaShare, for their support of Unpacking It and encourage you to check them out. If you're looking to, to make a change with your health care, uh, MetaShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. MetaShare is an innovative health care solution for Christians looking to save money 
without sacrificing on quality. And so they've been around more than 25 years. My wife and I, we have been members for over five years, and they're the nation's largest healthcare sharing community. They've been great for us, and, and I'd love for you to consider uh, them being a, a fit for you. And so you can text the word UNPACK to the number 201-201 or go to metashare.com slash unpacking it. And again, you can text the word UNPACK to the number 201-201. You'll get a link with some information and, and figure out if it's the right fit for you and your family. So thanks to MetaShare. And right now, let's jump in with Greg Coleman. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. And joining us on the MetaShare guest line is Greg Coleman. Longtime NFL punter, spent most of his career with the Minnesota Vikings. He recently retired as the sideline analyst for the the Minnesota Vikings. Greg holds the distinction of being the first African-American punter in the NFL. You can check out his website, gregcoleman8.com. He's a speaker, does a lot of great community work, and he's an inspirational speaker, a transformational expert, and he teaches leaders how to shift the atmosphere and culture of their organizations. Greg, great to have you here on Unpacking It. How are you? Uh, it, all is well. It's it's good to be anywhere. And <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean. Um, actually, just got back from Minneapolis last night. My God, it is cold up there. We're snowing, but uh, closing down, you know, living quarters and moving everything back to, to home base here in Jacksonville. Uh, hated to leave the kids and the grandkids, but uh, it's a heck of a lot warmer down here than it is up there. Man, well, so take me into that decision then. You you kind of split time over the years, but now you're you're moving to to Jacksonville for. Well, we were full time uh, Minnesotans for a number of years. Over the last couple of years, we had to uh, we found a place back in Central Florida, having to get back. Mom's health started to fail. We had to get closer. Uh, we lost her last September 11th. Um, so we made a decision to stay here because I had a younger brother, uh, who was staying with mom, who had an aneurysm when he was a junior, uh, at FAMU, uh, he's 55 functional, but has some challenges. So we're back home, you know, taking care of family and it doesn't hurt that the uh, weather is a heck of a lot warmer, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and on the golf course. So, uh, so we're back here in Florida, uh, closed up everything after we made the decision uh, to drop the mic on the Vikings broadcast. Uh, there was no isms or schisms. We've just been praying about it over the last couple of years. When is the right time? Didn't want to do it during COVID. Thought we were going to have a, a run into the playoffs. So uh, did not inform anyone. My wife was the only one that knew. The kids had a an inkling, but uh, they weren't sure. But after we were knocked out of post-game play against Green Bay, uh, that Sunday night, I informed the organization after 44 years of being with the organization in 21 uh, as a sideline analyst for Vikings Radio Network that uh, we were calling it a career. Uh, and there were, like I said, no isms or schisms. Everything has a shelf life, you know, mm-hmm. and in, in Ecclesiastics, it, it talks about there's a time and a season for everything. And 
didn't want to extend or overextend after an expiration date. It's like milk. I mean, you know, everybody talks about milk being good for you, but if you, and there's an expiration date on that milk carton, and if you drink it after that expiration date, you're on your own. You It could either make you sick or it could kill you. It could be toxic and didn't want any toxic, toxic uh, relationships, although everything was great. The organization uh, was shocked and, mm. uh, you know, hey, what can we do? I mean, you know, there's nothing. When God says that's it, that's it. Uh, mm. you, can, you can be hard-headed like I have been a number of times, but uh, God has a, a way of getting your attention. So we didn't want to uh, to go against uh, what he felt was, was time uh, because the journey, uh, there's a lot of journey behind us, but there is journey in front of us that we want to do. I still want to chase my wife around the room and she'll let me catch her every now and then, you know, <laughs> chase the kids and the grandkids. We've got number eight uh, about four months ago, and she's the joy of our lives right now. Uh, so it was, awesome. it was, it was, no, that's, that's great. And, and even for, for a listener today, that's maybe wrestling with wondering what to do next. And, and it sounds like you got great peace and, and clarity, uh, how can you speak to that process and, and knowing confidently that, that this is the direction God's leading you? Well, number one, you know that the NFL means not for long. And that's <laughs> regardless of whether you're on the field or off the field, there are always changes. Uh, but this was not the case uh, with the Vikings radio network. Uh, it was, it was, Losing mom gave me a different perspective about what do you do with the time that you have left? Mm. And that, and that's meant for family in doing the assignments that God has called us to do and whether we're going to be obedient or not. I mean, listen, there is nothing like game day in the national football league. Absolutely nothing. Nothing can give you that rush, whether it's a player or part of the broadcast team after the national anthem, right before kickoffs. And we did something at the Vikings broadcast that was probably a little bit different than most. We had what was called a pregame preach. That's right. And normally that was called early in, in, in the broadcast many, many years ago, it was called Coleman's keys to the game. And my broadcast partner, Paul Allen, uh, the voice of the Vikings, heard me speak at a chapel service uh, one night on the road. And uh, I guess God convicted his heart. And he says, you know, we're going down for the Coleman's keys. No, no, I heard him preach last night. We're going down for the pregame preach. So that started this phenomenon, uh, this movement uh, where you tie faith and football uh, in an analogy. Um, and it has created a buzz over the over the last 20 plus years that the comments that I've in notes and tweets that I've received over the years, mm. helping people who were in a dark place, just a couple of words or scripture here or word of encouragement here. Um, I knew that we were on the right path. Now, you know, pregame preach was not for everybody. You got one or two. 
Uh, well, you know, I don't like that. It's not for you. It's like a buffet. When you go to a buffet, there's a ton of food that's sitting there, but you have a choice of, of picking out what you want. And that's what this was. If it's not for you that particular week, it's not for you. But it was for somebody because I know that God could use a jackass. So I qualify for that very, very clearly. And um, we used the pregame preach to, you know, we, we took that 45 seconds. And I can remember having a, a, a pastor of a church up there said, well, you're taking that scripture out of context. Well, pastor, I've got 45 seconds to tie in um, to give somebody an opportunity to scratch the surface of seeing, well, maybe that might be something to this God and this faith. Mm. Maybe, pastor, I'll use my 45 seconds to get them into your church where you can now share with them for 45 minutes. There you go. So, other than that, uh, it's it's just been a, a phenomenal, it's the basis for a devotional, an upcoming devotional book. Great. And, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it was a great run. It was a great one being 21 years on the sidelines, seeing some of the greatest players in, in the history of the Minnesota Vikings, including Moss and Peterson and uh, Thielen and Diggs. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, and I'm just so grateful for the Vikings organization to support that pregame preach. And uh, to my knowledge, I don't think anybody else in the National Football League use that platform. And I did it very, very respectful, not beating anybody over the head with, with scripture, but always tying it in with a word of encouragement for my chapels the night before or something that the Lord laid on my heart. You know, it could be 10 minutes before game time. Um, you know, you, you, it's just been incredible. Wow. No, I mean, what a, what an amazing opportunity that God opened up that door for you and then to be able to continue to do that and now turn it into a devotional book. Uh, that's, that's remarkable. And, and so you, you mentioned doing some of the pregame chapels. So what was your role from a, a spiritual standpoint with the players and coaches? Well, I was in stealth mode. Okay. Um, because our chaplain, Tom Lamphere, sometimes depending on the administration. He was able to, ch uh, to to travel with the team. Some games he didn't make. Uh, I would facilitate chapels on the road, uh, provide our speaker a platform. And then if, you know, I was a Boy Scout, you'd be prepared. Mm. Uh, so if something happened, if weather, if a, a speaker didn't show up, uh, I would step in and fill in and, or I would be scheduled to speak on the road. So it was also to um, to be there with our players, our coaches, our staff, um, 24 seven, uh, because, you know, uh, Satan is a crafty thing. He doesn't knock on your door and say, Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to come and, and I'm going to unleash, unleash hell on you, uh, two weeks from now, you know, it, it's upfront, it's up close and it's personal. And a lot of times it comes without warning. Uh, so just being in a position, being in the building, being on the road, having relationships with players, coaches, and staff uh, to meet their spiritual needs, uh, a word of comfort, a prayer, uh, or just there to be an ear. Uh, because Tom Lafier, who's the current chapel, uh, I, chaplain, I broke Tom in as a rookie back in 1984. Uh, and, you know, he left and did some work with the Minnesota Gophers and the Twins. 
and came full circle many, many years ago. Uh, so our relationship goes way, way back. And, and I'm just grateful for, you know, to, to God for having the opportunity uh, to be in a position to give someone a word of encouragement. Oh, that's excellent. I love it. Well, there'll be, I know I was reading the article, uh, former players and current players talking about your impact on them. And it was, it was definitely evident and, and neat to hear some of the stories. And so that legacy continues. And I'm sure you've got, you know, built in deep relationships with those, a lot of those players that, that will continue, which is, which is great. Um, as far as your own faith journey, uh, it, it sounds like you've been on this journey a, a long time. And, and so as you kind of reflect and look back and as you share a little bit with our, our listeners today, what have been some of maybe the, the pivotal moments throughout your life where, where God has, has been you know, very evident to you and there have been seasons of tremendous growth in, in, in your own faith? Right. You don't have enough time. All okay? right. Fair enough. That's, that's, fair enough. Another, that's another book within itself. But I'll try and capsulize it in, in, in a couple of minutes. Uh, faith was very big in our family. So growing up here in Jacksonville, uh, we attended Emmanuel Baptist Church uh, out on the west side of Jacksonville. Growing up, whenever the doors opened, we were there. Uh, my dad was in the choir, all of those things. My grandma on the usher board, all of that stuff. This was a pivotal moment. In high school, there was a white businessman who came over to our all-black high school, Jacksonville Reigns, and said he wanted to start, be the catalyst of an FCA huddle group started the huddle group. Then he comes back and says, hey, we want to take about 15 of you guys to a FCA summer camp up in Rome, Georgia. Well, we said, well, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute, dude. Ain't a whole lot of brothers hanging out in Rome, Georgia, especially back in the late 60s, early 70s. Okay, wow. And uh, we went to this FCA camp and really with an emphasis on sports, but really hearing the gospel in a different context from an athlete's perspective and understanding here from former athletes and college kids, uh, you know, huddle leaders, really finding that personal relationship with Christ. And about 15 of us went up to Rome, Georgia, and we racked up. We mm. took everything in every sport, baseball, football, you name it, badminton. We had some great athletes. <laughs> but that last night, uh, my huddle group leader's name was Billy. Can't remember his last name. We snuck out. Well, it, it was it was organized chaos. We went out after curfew. There was a pond uh, on on a part of the campus, and this was like our, you know, you, you you're pledging your essence and faith. Everyone lit a candle, hmm. and as we walked across this pond, ah, the sky turned beet red. Ah. The moon, and it could have been one of those blood moon nights or whatever they call them now, but it turned fire red as we walked across this pond Mm. and and shared our belief in our faith. He says, whosoever believes, and there were a lot of whosoever's back then. So that really turned the tale for me. Mm. You talk about how this faith was put to the test. Drafted by Cincinnati, didn't make it, went back home, taught high school history. Long story short, got a shot at Cleveland the following year, played that year, coming back to my second year, uh, led the league that preseason, got cut, um, still living in Cleveland. And it was about the seventh game of the season. Tried out with three or four of the different teams. Nobody wanted to make a decision. 
I go to my ninth floor apartment window. We're still living in Cleveland. Eleanor, we were expecting our first child. I open my window and I'm screaming at God. I said, you lied to me. Mm. You said that if I did what I was supposed to do, if I prayed that you would give me the desires of my heart, where are you? You lied. I want to play football. Mm. There was a game between the Minnesota Vikings and the Los Angeles Rams. I said, I want to play so bad that I'll even play for the Minnesota Vikings. And I closed the window. <laughs> the very next day, I got a call from the Minnesota Vikings and I spent the next 10 years flipping wow. the field for them as their punter and actually spending 44 years with that organization. So wow. God, God has a funny sense of humor. And here's the backdrop to that. Bryson, I'll be quick. When we were shorties down in Jacksonville, we said that there was one team that we would never, ever play for. And that was the Minnesota Vikings. Because it was always closed under the frozen tundra of Metropolitan Stadium in Bloomington, Minnesota. They had a coach that had a group, a crew cut, pierced blue eyes on the sideline by the name of Bud Grant that didn't say anything to anybody during the course of the game. But here's the biggest reason we didn't want to play for Minnesota. Because they wore black shoes. Now, you got to remember, all the cool brothers. Back in the day, Billy White Shoes Johnson. We had him on the show. Willie Namath. Elmore Wright, all the cool brothers wore white shoes. So I wasn't going to Minnesota to freeze my behind off, to play for a coach that didn't say anything to you, and to wear black shoes. But God, you tell God what you ain't going to do, and it might take a while, but he'll come full circle. Mm. And he waits on you to humble yourself. And mm. that's all he was waiting for me to do. To say, God, I'll even play for Minnesota. Wow. What a story. I I, I love that. And, and And yeah, what else did you kind of even, as you reflect back on that, learn about crying. I was, I was in a, a life group last night. We were talking about crying out to God. Um, and I'm sure there's been other moments in your life where you've, you've cried out to God in, in prayer. How has his character been revealed to you? And what have you learned about who he is through that? Well, on and on and on. I mean, obedience is better than sacrifice. I can remember talking with our director of marketing, kind of giving him some ideas on how they can make the broadcast better. Oh, and, wasn't looking to be a part of the uh, broadcast team at all. And um, after that, they said, we are opening it up uh, for analysts. Would you like to be, you know, the analyst? I said, no, I'm not sure. Let me pray about it. Because I was in Bible study, uh, Bible school at the time, because uh, we're in a great church, Living Word, um, up in, in St. Paul. And I was just beginning to, to, to get my sea legs because I went to school for my own edification, not to become a minister or a pastor, none of that. And I was sitting with my pastor and I said, pastor, they are, they're offering me this position, but it's, it'll keep me out of, out of fellowship every Sunday for about six months. And I never got confirmation from God. Mm. So they gave it to somebody else, gave it to somebody else comes full circle. Three years later, the opportunity comes again. Pastor says, yeah, and I got confirmation from God. Um, go for it. Mm -hmm. So they offered me the position. And uh, like I said, I spent 21 years on the sidelines as the Vikings uh, sideline analyst. And it, it's, it was, it's been a great, great tool. Mm -hmm. Because not only every time that there's an opportunity to speak, I would always give the attendees a little vial. Mm -hmm with a mustard seed in it. That's cool. Matthew 17, 20. If you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Mm. And to have guys that I did chapel for 20 years ago 
Hey, Coleman. Hey, man. I remember you gave me your mustard seed. Um, there it is. Nice. I still got mine. You know, man, you got another one for my wife or my uh, kids. You know, and it and it it lets you know that God's word does not come back void. That's right. They may have been nodding out in 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 chapel, you know, word about a night before a game, but there was something that was said. God's word stuck into their spirit. Mm-hmm. And that gives me the greatest amount of joy other than anything else that I have done aside from marry my wife and born my children. I mean, ah. It's just been amazing. Ah, it's encouraging. Well, and, and like you say, you, you, you spoke at, at chapels, but, but also have, have been speaking for a number of years in a lot of different, different venues. And, and so I, I'm curious about kind of your, your concept of, of flipping the field, which fits so well, of course, as a, as a punter. And, and so yeah, what do you speak in, in, in regards to that that topic? What, what can you share maybe a little bit about that with, with our listeners today? Words. I mean, leadership is based on words and what you do with them. Words are so important. God, God spoke the world into existence with words. Mm-hmm. So we can flip the field of life. We can flip the field of businesses. You can shift the atmosphere of a company or an organization with words. Leadership, if leadership is about you being humble enough to want to pull people in to make them better than they were yesterday. And if you don't have that ability, if you think it's all about you, if you look back and nobody's following you, you just out for a walk. But people are looking for encouragement. They're looking for inspiration. They're looking for integrity. They're looking for honesty. They're looking to be part of a team because you talk about teamwork. I can remember it was a game a couple of years ago. Uh, Case Keenum was a quarterback. We were down against uh, six points against, uh, no, four points against the uh, New England, uh, New Orleans Saints. Case Keenum goes in the huddle. He says, I'm going to give somebody an opportunity to do something great because we talked about it that night before chapel. And I can hear it just like it was yesterday. Uh-huh. I'm going to give somebody an opportunity to do something great. Offensive line, you got to block. Receivers, you got to run your routes. Backs, you got to do this. Five, ten seconds left. Case goes back. Line is blocking. Backs picks up the blitz. Receivers, Thielen does a, does a dig. Cal Rudolph runs across. Diggs runs a post corner, standing literally right in front of me. He goes up, makes the catch. Case never sees it. He comes down with it, spins around, puts his hand in the ground. And I just kind of point this way. Mm. Because when you put your hand in the ground and spin around, you played that game, spin the bottle, you get dizzy. Jim mm. Marshall did that and he ran the wrong way. So I wanted to point to Stefan Diggs. In life, all of us are going to need somebody to point us in the right direction. And that's mm. all that I was doing. And sometimes in life, as a leader, as a business owner, as a CEO, you've got to point somebody in the right direction. And you point them based on the word of God. And if you do that, you'll never go wrong and you'll be a successful individual, regardless to what business, industry, whether it's football, whether it's life, whether it's a husband or a wife or a spouse. Man, just follow God's direction. Amen. Amen. Flip flip the field. I, I love it. So, all right. I, I do want to talk about the, the punting position and, and, and even in a larger context as well. But how did you become a punter? How did how did that end up happening? Very, very quickly, I'll tell you this. I was uh, I started kicking pop cans 
over the fence. Then when I got a football, I start kicking them over the electric wires in front of the house. Then I start kicking them over the house. And then I was watching a game between the Baltimore Colts, and I cannot, cannot remember who they were playing. But the Colts used to have these clean white uniforms, Johnny Unitas, Tom Matty, John Mackey, all of those guys. And they were playing in Old Memorial Stadium. And one game, it was rainy. It was cold. A lot of those white uniforms had blood on them, had dirt on them. But I saw the punter walk out on the field, and he was protected by 10 men. And he went out and he kicked the ball and he walked back to the sideline with this clean white uniform on. And I said, you know what? That's what I want to do. And that's what I want to be. Wow. When I told my, when I told my teammates and kids in high school, in my high school yearbook, I said, I wanted to be a kicking specialist in the National Football League. They laughed and said, man, you must be out of your mind. There are no black punters and kickers in the NFL. And I said, that's not my problem. Hmm. And it's still prevalent today that that's one of the positions that um, that I want to shed a little light on. Just yeah. last week in New Orleans at the Legacy Bowl, HBCU Legacy Bowl, I presented an award called the Golden Touch Award that's given to the top HBCU punter. And with that comes a grant to send him to camps where he can get more exposure, can hone in on his craft. Because let me tell you, people call me a pioneer and a trailblazer. Well, no, I call Doug Williams and James Shaq Harris those men are pioneers because they opened the door for the black quarterback. I may have cracked the door for some African-American punters, but we've got to kick the door in. So we won't be saying, well, that's a black punter. No, that's a punter in the national football league that happens to be black. That's where I hope that we get to as a country because things have gone pear shape, as you well know, during the pandemic and everything else and the racial tension that we have, man, if we all, just just remember that we're all God's people. Mm. If 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 God is your father, then I'm your brother. Right. Then if I'm your brother, why are you treating me this way? And if we all took that perspective and treated people with humanity, man, this world would be a heck of a lot better place to live. No question. A- amen. And I guess my uh, somewhat naive uh question is why why aren't there more black punters and 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 even even to take it further i i understand some of the quarterback issues over the years and unfortunately the racism behind that but there are certain positions that have been identified as black positions white positions you know i'm here with the panthers christian mccaffrey's a white running back which is a rare thing and and even wide receivers you're adam thielen with the vikings he stands out as a white wide receiver and then you know talk about punting and kicking and that kind of thing so i don't know if you've even studied that or understand why oh, certain positions yeah so i'd love to absolutely. hear about absolutely um i partly blame sports center hmm. okay because kids growing up it's a flash in the pan man i want to be on sports center. i want to be the top 10 i want the flashy position you know i want to be a diva i want you know man i don't want to be a punter i mean hell do you know how much hell punters catch But they're the most important people on the team, especially on fourth down. So when when guys would give me flack about, man, you're just a punter. You know what? Leadership is not defined by position. Mm. So when they pin that C on my jersey as a captain, you know, it, it wasn't by position. It was because of leadership traits that Bud Grant saw. You know, uh, whatever you do, I did with passion. I did with passion, tried to do it with honesty and integrity. I mean, if I blew a punt, 
I'd be the first one to, hey, man, I blew that one. And my wife would always say, Greg, why do you always have to? I say, because I blew it. I got to take ownership of my mess. Right. Okay. But I think going back to, to, to high schools, there's not an onus that, that's put on special teams until it's a little bit too late. Mm. You look at all of the HBCU schools, about 70% of the punters and kickers, are punters and kickers are non, uh, that are white kids. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So again, we're doing some camps uh, mm. this this spring, putting a focus back on high schools and colleges. I mean, what 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 Deion Saunders has done for HBCUs has just been incredible. Mm. He caused guys like LeBron James and Steph Curry to partner. Steph Curry partnered with Howard. LeBron James partnered with with Florida A and M outfitting the entire athletic department in Nike gear, not only the, the athletic program, but the band. I mean, these are men that don't have to do that. These are multimillionaires over King James. I mean, what Deion Saunders has exposed to say, you know what, HBCUs, they deserve the best kids in the country. They deserve an opportunity to be on ESPN. So the emergence of HBCUs in the Black College, in conjunction with the Black College Football Hall of Fame, it's it's been a, a groundswell of exposure, of notoriety. I mentioned the Legacy Bowl that took place in New Orleans last weekend. It was a HBCU Legacy Bowl for kids from HBCU schools. You had every team represented there with scouts and some coaches mm. to see these young men. Because I told you a couple of years ago, there was not one kid drafted out of an HBCU school. And then I might say, well, it was COVID. No, bull crap. You mm. went to the other schools. You had mm. relationships with the other coaches. So what's wrong with HBCUs? And that's what Deion Saunders has done. Him and Eddie George and, and Hugh Jackson and so many other former NFL players are now coaching in HBCUs. And I'm going to lend uh, my, uh, my platform to supporting HBCUs and punters and kickers of color. And mm. I don't have to apologize for that. You say, well, why, why, why do you always have to identify it as black? Mm. Well, uh, if I don't tell our story, if I don't tell our history, who's going to tell it? Mm-hmm. And God has given me this platform, and I'll do it with dignity and with integrity and with his DNA all over it mm-hmm. to just share what difference a young man can make. A young man from north side of Jacksonville, northwest side of Jacksonville, dared to be great. Dare to be a punter. Dare to be the best. Our motto at our high school was Ichiban. And I don't know if you know what that means in Japanese. It means number one. It means be the best. And it was always, always touted for us to be the best. Let me share this story. A, a very dear friend of mine, and I know we're winding down, Gerald Irons, who was one of my mentors at with the Cleveland Browns. He said, Coleman, I have watched you and I have watched you and you encourage me to be the best, to see what you've gone through. And he wrote this poem and he gave me liberty to to share it. We lost Gerald last year, but his memory will live on in this poem. It's called To Be the Best. To be the best is my quest. Now, athletes come and athletes go. But there's something very special about being a pro on and on towards this goal I'll strive while keeping my championship hopes alive. And let us not forget the day-to-day concentration for it'll help make us the best in the nation. To be the best is my quest. Now, some might just be happy to make the Viking squad, but I'll never be satisfied 
until I get that Super Bowl wad and so much happiness. I know it will bring the thrill of wearing a Super Bowl ring. To be the best is my quest. Now, everything needed I cannot mention, but I hope the things that I've said is not beyond your attention. Mm. So be the best. And that's what God wants all of us to do, to be the best whatever he allows us to do. Mm. Amen. What he's equipped us to do, and, and we rely on, rely on him and his strength to do it, for sure. Well, Greg, gosh, fascinating conversation, and appreciate your perspective and, and your vibrant faith, and, and thanks for, for sharing that with our, our listeners today. And uh, I, love the, I actually love punters. It's like one of my favorite positions. So I, I try to get punters on the show. Kickers, sometimes they drive me nuts because they, you know, they, they let you down at the end of games. But punters, I like punters a lot. They always well, see that punters, personality. Punters are the athletes of the team. The punters, believe it or not, the punters have the best hands on the team. And you say, oh, come on, man. What are you talking about? If punters dropped as many balls as receivers did, we'd be out of business. Not only do we have to catch the ball to kick our own ball, nine times out of ten, punters are holders on PATs. So who has the best hands on the team? Hands down, it's the punters. (laughs) How how often did you go out for a a fake pass or anything? Well, um, I – I am three for three in passes. Oh, not bad. Um, fear is a great motivator. Uh, <laughs> you know, I ran the 40 and four, four plus, you know, and uh, so teams would always, Hey, watch out for the fake, watch out for the fake. And there are a few times that, uh, that I would pick them up and put them down and, and, but just to hear Howard Cosell go back and, you know, I'm dating myself now, the great Howard Cosell mm-hmm. on Monday night, Legend. Greg Colt the young punter out of Florida A&M University. Coughlin Corner Coleman with incredible speed who can get you a first down in a flash. I mean, man, That's there cool. was nothing like the NFL, man. I loved wow. every minute of it. Oh, well, I love every minute of it as a, as a fan and, and love hearing about the history of it and, and to be able to talk to you about it. So, um, well, last thing, because I was going to ask you about the Vikings. So they, they made some big changes in the offseason, new coach, new coordinate, or a new GM, and, and now we're wondering what happens to Kirk Cousins. But just heading into the offseason, how are you feeling about the team, just your overall takeaway? Well, they've got a lot of things in place. There was a shift needed. Uh, there was a culture uh, where everybody wasn't on the same page. I mean, you got everybody in an organization – that has an oar in the water. Mm. But if all of those oars are not going in the same direction, you can wind yourself spinning around and around and around. So now I think with, with some new leadership, with new vision, uh, a different mindset, uh, a flip the field, so to speak, everybody now roaring in the right direction. Uh, Kevin O'Connor, I don't know anything about him, but had to be successful in order to be characterized as a head coach in the National Football League, he comes off a Super Bowl winning Los Angeles Rams team. There were a lot of positions. We got a lot of skilled people in place. I know Kirk is, there has to be a decision made with his contract because it's going to count for a lot, a lot of cap space. He can redo his deal so that we can go out and get, listen to me, so we can go out. That's right. Hey, you it's know, all right. I still believe purple, man. I still believe purple. I'm still going to be pulling for those guys. Uh, I'll stay connected with the organization. But um, I think with the addition 
Uh, now that they're going to run a 3-4 defense, we're going to need some more linebacker help. And uh, a few spots here and there, man, we were so close. Even losing Daniil Hunter, our defensive end, and Everson Griffin on the other defensive end. You know, you plug in a few spots here and there, Minnesota could be right back uh, being kings of the north. And I don't care anything whether Aaron Rodgers is, is there or not. I could care less. Um, you know? <laughs> not rude uh, for him to leave, huh? Say that again. Are you rooting for him to leave? You don't care. You don't care I could care less that. because we're going to beat his behind. Okay? There you go. He can there be one of the – and he's one of the greatest throwers of the football to ever play in a National Football League. But um, we've had our share of, 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 of tearing his hind parts up. But, uh, you know, I got to respect him. He's, he's, he's a great quarterback. Uh, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter if you're still with Green Bay or not. Uh, because I do believe, I do believe, and I'm hoping, you know, in, 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 in without hope, you have nothing. Hope is the gasoline that fuels your faith, and without faith, you have nothing, man. So I'm hoping and praying for these, uh, for these men with the purple helmets with the horns on them. There you go. Well, that sounds great. Well, Greg, thank you so much for, for being a part of unpacking it today and uh, great, great connecting with you and, and wish you the best now that you're, you're spending more time in Florida and uh, trust that, that God will use you in, in new and exciting ways down there as well. So uh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, because every time you tee it up with somebody, it's an opportunity to, uh, to share testimony. Uh, so golf is something that my wife and I love. Uh, to play. We still have a golf tournament up in Minneapolis, having one down here in Jacksonville as well. Um, so there'll be plenty of opportunities uh, to have a pregame preach in a different perspective. There you go. Keep that going. And, and people can check out his website, Greg Coleman, the number eight.com. And we'll have that in, in the show notes as well. And uh, you can find out more information about his, his speaking and, and then also the golf tournaments that, that he mentioned that, that he does in, in each state as well. So uh, Greg Coleman, eight, Dot com. Well, he's Greg joining us here on the MetaShare guest line right here on the Unpacking It podcast. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in studio to recap and unpack the conversation we just had with Greg Coleman. And my, my big takeaway or one of the things I want to just discuss a little bit further is his story of you know wanting to make it to the NFL and, and feeling like God told him that that was what was going to happen and then it wasn't happening and, and he was frustrated with it. And he got to the point of, all right, even if I have to go to the Vikings – that's okay. And sure enough, that's where he ended up. And, and so it was in that, that surrender and that humility that then, you know, God opened up the door and, 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 and answered prayer. And, you know, this is a tricky topic, uh, as far as God giving us the desires of our heart. And this is, this is a tricky thing for us to, to grasp because oftentimes this is in my heart. This is what I want to happen all right, God, are you going to answer this? Well, it may not line up with him. And the key to that verse, so the, the verse is Psalm 37, 4, which says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so as we delight in him, as we seek him, pursue him, love him, our desire will be to please him, 
to seek his direction, to, to follow his will and to be in his plan and purpose for our lives. And, and so that's the key. And then, you know, those desires in us when they're from him, yeah, he's going to answer those prayers. And, and so, and he's going to, those, those promises and, uh, those doors will open up, but the key is, are we delighting in him? Are we crying out to him? Are we pursuing him? Is our, our heart aligned with him? Those are some of the questions that we have to ask ourselves because uh, it doesn't mean we get everything we want, but as we chase after him, our desires are going, our, our desires will actually change. And, and so even kind of part of what he was saying, you know, his desire changed in that he he was going to try to control the circumstances or, or have that desire to control circumstances. Yeah, I want to make it to the NFL, just not, not with the Vikings. And so we do this sometimes you know, we're, we're praying for something. Well, yeah, this is what I want, but here are the, the, the criteria, God, that you have to deliver on. I'm not willing to do this. I'm not willing to do that. And God just wants our heart. God wants us to be totally open, surrendered to him. And all right, all right, God, what do you, what do you have for me? What do you, what do you want? What do you see fit? And, you know, Greg didn't see how great of a fit it would end up being in Minnesota for him to be able to have the longevity there and the post career there and his family being there and all that. He didn't see all that in the moment. He thought, oh, I don't want to go to Minnesota. And, and so sometimes we'll say, well, I don't want to do that. Or, um, you know, even for me, when I first started unpacking it, I remember wrestling with the Lord saying, I don't want to raise money. I, I don't want to be, you know, support raising and I don't want to go that direction. Well, now, now all these years later, you know, that's what this ministry is. We raise money, and you as a listener, you support this show. And, and so I had to surrender to that, and then God started opening up doors for unpacking it and, and to now have a whole ministry and, and all that God continues to do uh, in and through the ministry. But, but that's, that's the lesson, I guess, for us today is, is truly you know, back to the surrender which is a common theme for me and, and for the show and for all of us, letting go, trusting God. And, and my encouragement for us today is to delight in him. And when we do, our desires align with him, and he'll give us those, those desires. Um, he actually gives us the desires in our heart, and then those prayers become answered because they're all linked together. Delight, desires, answered prayers, open doors, and they fit into... Uh, his plan, and then we realize, oh man, this is this is great. This is this is what what God wants for me. Um, so cool, cool for Greg Coleman uh, being able to to be that that first African American punter and to to be able to have that great long career with the Vikings, uh, even though that wasn't what he wanted initially. That wasn't it? That wasn't that wasn't maybe the, the number one goal or plan A, but it turned out to be. Pretty, pretty cool for him as he speaks about his time in, in Minnesota. So hopefully that's encouraging to you today. You can always reach out to me through email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Thanks to Greg Coleman for joining us on the show today, gregcoleman8.com. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected and through faith. I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and thanks so much for joining us here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by 
MediShare. For more information about the show, our events in Charlotte, and other resources, visit unpackinit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.